And look, I understand that families who are struggling probably don't care why the prices are up. They just want them to go down. Joe, what are you going to do to bring them down? But it's important that we understand the root of the problem so we can take steps to solve it. I've been up front with the American people from the outset that there would be a cost here at home of Putin's decision to brutally and savagely invade a sovereign nation. But as your president, I remain committed to doing everything in my power to blunt the impact on American families. Once again, blaming economic issues on the Putin price hike, on the invasion of Ukraine, when that is simply not the case. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Jobs numbers came out today, and I'm as lost as you. ADP, two days ago, or just yesterday, I should say, they were like, oh, man, we're going to miss. We're going to miss by more than half. Dow Jones is predicting 299,000 jobs. We say 138,000. Damn, that's a miss. And I said, let's, well, let's wait. Here are Bureau of Labor Statistics say. You know what Bureau of Labor Statistics says? They say 390,000. Beating what they now decided was the estimate of 328. Nothing makes sense. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Dr. Matt Will on the Twitter box, mattwill.com. Uh, uh, let's start with BLS number, Bureau of Labor Statistics number, versus an ADP mm-hmm. number. I don't pay attention to the ADP number because they don't have the same. Uh, you got to have, I think, one grouping of, of data that you got to rely on. And they've missed before. But how in the world do they explain this level of miss? And what do the BLS numbers say to you? Well, you know, Tony, it's interesting that you say that. We did miss on the upside. But you got to remember, the miss was a low ball estimate to begin with. The last 12 months average has been 550,000. So we're under the five, the twelve-month average, under by 160,000 jobs. So, Tony, we just had low expectations. They were just really low. In fact, they were too low. This is not a good jobs report, Tony. This is a horrendous situation because we're 160,000 less than we've been averaging over the last 12 months. That means the recovery is slowing, Tony. And there's other data that show that it's slowing also. So. Before we get into the other data that shows it's slowing, because I did make uh, the argument uh, on the morning show that it hasn't changed the hiring situation for a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. When the ADP number, they say 138,000, do you have an idea of how they got to that number? Because they've now shown me on two different occasions, I can't trust them at all, but I want to make sure I understand how they make this level of mistake. How do they get it under, even if you're saying that overall we're, we're, we're going underneath and we're, we're shooting low in terms of the jobs we're creating, how do they get it so unbelievably bad? Well, because ADP is not a research company, Tony. It's a sales company. They're selling you their product, their payroll services. And I respect them, and I think they're an okay company. But they're not in the research business. You shouldn't rely on them. The number I rely on most, like you said it, be consistent in what you use. I use what's called the PMI, the Purchasing Managers Index. This is the report that comes out the first of every month. It's real time, Tony. It's not like what you heard from the Department of Labor. That's a lag. That's like three, four. I mean, it's, it's lagging. It's always a lagging indicator. Real time indicator is hiring is shrinking. For the first time since the lockdowns were lifted, the PMI shows a contracting hiring base in May. Contracting. Tony, they're, they're the real-time indicator. We will see that showing up in the, in the coming BLS reports. 
So you see, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, you see a, a problem with these numbers. You think this is a bad jobs report. Dig in a, a little bit and talk to me about this contraction. Okay. The, the hiring, first of all, Tony, February 2020, pre-pandemic, 152 million people were employed. This report, 151. Biden can brag all he wants. We still aren't do we aren't to pre-pandemic employment levels. So that's a big problem. Productivity down, highest productivity decline in the history of our country, Tony, minus 7.3%. Participation rate down. We have not gone back to our pre-participation rate. Tony, that's why you see the labor shortage. You see 11.4 million jobs open. We, people aren't taking the jobs. It's because they're not participating in the workforce. They're not back to the workforce, Tony. People just have decided they're not going to work. So obviously they're doing something. I make the argument they're somehow in the gig economy. They've taken uh, to, to, to heart the words of people like Gary Vaynerchuk and, and, and others. They're in the arbitrage. They're in the flipping. They're, they're, doing, they're doing something else because they're eating. And we have also discussed the idea that many of these people are still finding ways to get dollars out of, of the economy. This dollars out of the economy, the spending conversation, takes us a little bit into foreign policy because we have $40 billion that went to Ukraine. But that is still considered spending. Has, has anything been said from Wall Street or anywhere else to the federal government of you guys got to cut this out because this inflation is never, ever, ever going to go away if you don't? Um, yeah, I mean, Wall Street, but see, Wall Street is optimistic, Tony. They believe that the Fed is doing the right thing. The Fed is doing the right thing, and I believe they are, by dumping their balance sheet, by selling all these bonds, by increasing the interest rates. So they're very optimistic for some reason. Um, and I think because Federal Reserve policy is finally in the right direction, finally. But, Tony, there's fiscal policy. We're still spending like drunken sailors. That's going to hurt inflation, and that is still going on, and Wall Street's nervous about that. So when you take a look at this and you take a look at these numbers, you don't uh, you see a nervous Wall Street. You see a Wall Street that is also optimistic. See how opposite that is? And then you see, look at the amount of jobs that have come up. And, of course, the White House is crowing, but you also see us underneath what was a, a monthly average. So the question then comes to, that's a lot of mixed messages. What does it mean as, as an economist? How do you see what the, the, the next month's port, uh, pretend for us? I mean, I know you don't like the crystal ball conversations, but the data has to tell you something. Yeah, it, it does, Dave. It does, Tony. And the data tells me that everyone on Wall Street thinks the Fed is finally doing the right thing. But is it too little too late? Because, the, like you say, what does this portend for the future? It portends a recession. It, it, you know, I've said this before. You know, I don't forecast the future, but the data looks like a recession. We still aren't in employment levels. We still aren't expanding our productivity. We're, our participation rate is still too low. We still have 11 million job openings. We're still below the 12-month average in hiring. The PMI report says we have contracted hiring last month. Contracted hiring. That's shrinking of hiring, Tony. That is recession information. 
when companies that are manufacturing say we are contracting, that has to tell you something. So let's I, I, I don't disagree with you. As a matter of fact, you heard me on the anecdotal say that people are still having trouble hiring. Rick is asking a question, sent me an email, asked me a, a, a question, and it's something that we have brought up here on the show. If everything is trending inflationary, we have a contraction in jobs, and even though we, they, they'll claim the number is up, it's actually down when you take a look at it overall in terms of over the past year, as you explained. We see no end in sight in some levels of spending that won't help the inflation, and the interest rate will continue, we believe, to climb unless somehow they want to tell us that they've really got it under control now and try and sell America on the idea that this is all normal and they won't raise interest rates in this next Fed meeting, which we'll get to. But in an inflationary world, you usually see people hedging against that with things like gold and silver. But gold and silver have not gone up at all. Rick is asking this question, why is gold stagnant? I'm asking this question. Why the hell are gold and silver not shooting through the roof? You know what, Tony? People won't like to hear this answer, but if you, those are called real assets. And what we've noticed over the last 12 years of the real asset market is that they've no longer been uh, correlated with inflation. They seem to have been detached from inflation. So they may no longer be the inflation hedge they once were. I know How nobody wants to hear that, Wait, Tony. Was, you know what? That seems to be. I I I I, re I reject. I understand you're the economist and I'm the dopey radio host. What the hell are you talking about? How in the world do you? How do these things detach from each other? You just go back and look. How they do it, I don't know. I'm just giving you the data for the last 12 years. You, you know, you want to know what's been the biggest inflation hedge? This will this will scare you. Used cars, new cars, and real estate. That's where you should put your money in investing, Tony. Wait, so first of all, I've said that about used cars. The used car I purchased in November is worth so much more now, I should have bought two. But the the idea that somehow gold is no longer the place people go is a freaking mind scramble. And the only thing that, that I could say that makes you uh, possibly right is that the price hasn't moved at all, even with all of, of this turmoil. But this turmoil doesn't necessarily, you know, you talk about the, the, the markets and you mentioned that Wall Street thinks uh, that, uh, you know, things, the, the Fed's doing the right thing. But the Dow is down uh, 280. Now it was down 300. We saw massive sell-offs in this question of a bear market uh, that was coming. I'd love for you to define uh, a bear market. The market isn't acting like all is fine. And for the first time in a while, they're acting like things aren't 100% great. They're not, Tony, and it's, that's not inconsistent the, because Wall Street believes the Fed is doing the right thing. But guess what doing the right thing means? Forcing us into a recession. That's what Wall Street also sees. Being forced into a recession is the right thing? Well, it's the only way you're going to get a handle on, on inflation. It's the only way you can get inflation under control is to increase interest rates, stop Fed printing of money, which will slow down the economy, and then we'll get back to an equilibrium. Tony, we're out of equilibrium. We're out of balance. And to get back into balance is going to be painful, hopefully short-lived, but it'll be painful. So and Wall Street sees it pain. as necessary medicine? Yes, exactly. It's your castor oil. 
Castrol oil, castor. I don't know what the, the oil phrase that your C-A- grandma used to give you. C-A-S-T-O-R. Now, speaking of people who are taking a look at the future and they've got questions, listen to this. This is President Biden speaking today, talking about Elon Musk, uh, talking about Tesla, cutting 10% of that workforce, saying that, you know, Elon Musk saying he sees bad things ahead. This was President Biden just earlier today. Elon Musk has asked, has said that he has a super bad feeling about the U.S. economy, tying off 10%. You say Elon Musk about his feeling about the economy. Jamie Dimon has said some things. Well, let me tell you, while Elon Musk is talking about that, Ford is increasing their investment overwhelmingly. I think Ford is increasing the investment in building new electric vehicles, 6,000 new employees, union employees, I might add, in the Midwest. Um, the former Chrysler Corporation, Stellantis, they are also making similar investments in electric vehicles. Intel is adding 20,000 new jobs for making computer chips. Um, so, uh, you know, lots of luck in this trip to the moon. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, you know. I mean, that's a statement, but he gets to throw in some points. Ford did add 6,000 jobs. Stellantis right here in Indiana, just up the road in Kokomo, it's going to be a multi-billion dollar uh, in, in investment. So is Elon Musk right or is Elon, I mean, you say that he's right, but Biden points to these two other things. Expect America to be very confused. Okay. Well, okay, first of all, I, I don't think he... Elon Musk is correct, but not for the reason that I think you're implying. He's correct not because the recession uh, or, or shrinkage is coming, because we still have demand for cars. He's right because that next year, Volkswagen will be the largest manufacturer of electric vehicles in the world. Um, Honda, Ford, GM, they're finally competing with Tesla. It's a competition layoff, Tony. It's not a recession layoff. All right. Explain to me what the hell that means. No, he's got competition now. He's not, the, he's not the only game in town when it comes to electric vehicles. Volkswagen will make more electric vehicles next year than Tesla. So he, Yeah, but, he, but, he, but he you referred to it as, as a layoff competition, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not sure what that means. No, I, I mean, yeah, the layoffs are the result of competition. They're not the result of the recession. How is a, because, oh, because he's selling less cars, he doesn't need as many people. Yes. Okay, that's how you see it. All right, I just want—I want to make sure I understood that. I thought maybe there was a terminology at play, and I had missed it. I—I no. get—I get your point, and the point is interesting. But I think that uh, more people feel that the 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 that 2023 doesn't look good. Uh, we're not even talking about getting chips until maybe 2024, according to Intel and Nintendo. Never yeah. mind what the car manufacturers are saying about when they're going to get chips. So. Uh, you still feel that inflate that uh, recession is ahead of us, and this inflation lasts well through 2023. I'm not going to say how long it lasts. That, that I can't do. But I, the recession, the inflation is here for a while. A recession. The data looks like a recession is likely at this point. And but manufacturing of cars, Tony. I, I was I had dinner last night with three different people who said they have a 12 month plus back order on a new car. So it still exists. The back order is still there. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, Dr. Matt Will on the Twitter box, mattwill.com. Find him there. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz.